Hello, Internet. How are we doing tonight? What's up to all my favorites? Buttercups, the yellows, the teas, <laughs> under the trees. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it's uh, Tuesday night, Scuba and Arai, and tonight we are joined by uh, a friend of ours from down under, Mr. Mr. the Antipodine Heath, uh, all the way out in Australia. What part of Australia are you in again, my friend? G'day, g'day. I'm from, I, I uh, am in Adelaide in South Australia. So if we go to the map here, that's <laughs> about over here. There we go. So there's there's uh, uh, Adelaide there, what, uh, just under what it looks like uh, Australia's junk. Uh, <laughs> I, I, um, I, I was born down here, but I grew up in the Northern Territory up here. So Darwin's about here. Um, Catherine, where I grew up in the Northern Territory, is about here. Uh, but uh, yeah, so... Uh, uh, it's a yeah, it's a crazy place over here. <laughs> we convinced you to drive all the way down south. <laughs> what convinced me to drive? Well, as a kid, like my grandparents lived here in Adelaide or south oh, okay. of Adelaide, a little coastal township. Uh, my parents grew up in South Australia, and um, Christmas time we'd come back for Christmas with the different families, and so um, we'd jump in the car and we'd go from Catherine to Alice Springs in one day, which is about fourteen hours of driving. And then we'd go from from uh, Alice Springs to Port Augusta, which is just here. That'd be another 14 hours in the car. And then we'd go uh, from from Port Augusta to Victor Harbour, which is down about here. And that would probably be half a day, you know, getting through the city and <clears throat> you know lunch at Glenelg, which is funny enough where I work now. Um, and that would be sort of a half a day. So it'd take us literally two and a half days in a car to drive uh, down. Uh, when, when I got a bit older, my sister and I, uh, like uh, when I had my license, I'd help driving and we'd do it in, in two days. And that'd be sort of, you know, the equivalent of 16 hours each each day in the car, which was which was a lot of fun, uh, especially if you're a kid and you're playing, uh, you know, I Spy. There's only so many things you can play I Spy with when you're driving through the flat outback. Um, I Spy with my delights. Is it something? Is it dust? Yes, it's dust. Okay. Can you find something else to, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can imagine it's getting kind of, that would get kind of boring. I've I've done some long trips where it's that whole nothing nothing out there, and it's like. But uh, yeah, uh, so yeah, we're gonna have some fun. We're gonna hang out, talk some gaming and tabletop and all the things. Uh, hello, everybody in the chat. Seeing all the names flying through: Shadow Mains, Mayflower, Shadster, Zip. How are you, I guys doing? There's a couple of shout outs to Heath as well. I'm, yeah, I'm just in the chat now saying hello to everyone because that's a cool that's a cool thing with this it's no longer no longer are we in an age where it is us as the audience watching the tv yelling at the screen laughing at the screen that sort of thing now it is interactive and that is the beautiful thing about this digital age yes. um i'm in australia you guys are in the continental sort of the north continent and uh, the northern they uh, start again you are in the north american <laughs> continent and we are chatting with people online that are uh, in both areas and in other areas. You know, there could be someone in, from Hawaii. There could be someone from uh, Europe. You know, it's 2 a.m. in London, but, you know, who's, who's to say that a shift worker isn't up on their day off watching? I'm a night baker by trade, and quite often I would still sleep during the day, and I would get up at, you know, 10, 11 o'clock at night, and I would watch all the crazy telemarketing tv ad late night no one wanted c grade sort of movies and i'd and i'd go back to bed at four in the morning 
that was that was four years of my apprenticeship as a baker so there you go there's something that you may not have known about me so and that's helped with me being up late at night much to my wife's um you know grief she doesn't like getting up too late that's it lots of sugar <laughs> um you know i can be up till one in the morning interacting with people in europe people in america people in canada uh people you know all over the globe and that's and that 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 interaction is a beautiful thing i mean we're looking at comments here i you know we, we are on youtube you know looking at all uh, nice to meet you Heath. it's lovely to meet you thank you very much for, for for watching you know it's brilliant i love it i love it yes it, it's really great it's i gotta say it's one of the probably one of the best thing one of the few positive things to come out of things like the pandemic is being able to get on get on a computer and pull up on a program like zoom and just reach out and talk to people i last time i i mean having friend ha having friends and and, and and associates and peers in the dnd community like yourself in australia like john uh who's in who's in london uh chatting with people in, in the west coast chatting with people in canada on a regular i mean it's, it's amazingly so much fun but by john you mean Sidapa? yeah funny enough he is a stone's throw from where my wife's family who are english they live uh, mum and dad live here in australia but they're from john is literally a stone's throw from where they are and i just found that that was so funny <laughs> we were chatting online and it was like he, he jogs past the pub that my wife's uncle goes to. Wow. <laughs> Such you a know, small world. It, it, it is. It, it's great. Yeah. Technology has made the world smaller. It would still, I mean, it's still from, from you know, from Adelaide as, a, as the uh, crow flies, it's still 10,000 miles to Lake Geneva. So I did that in 2016, you know, but digital, uh, digital technology, like the digital age technology has made the world smaller. Yes, it's amazing. Yeah, you, uh, so you went up for GaryCon a few years back. That's right. I think we were talking yeah, about that a while ago. Before we jump into that, I'm just okay. having a quick look at the cat set, and I did see Major Zip, so Anomalous Zip, and I've got to get a cover because <laughs> I know she loves that. Cover is a very old Aussie slang for for good friend. It means very good friend, and I had to do that because I know I know uh, Hillary's watching. Yes. Sorry. Um, so yes, GaryCon 2016, GaryCon 8 2016, had this harebrained idea of going over for GaryCon. My wife, and I love her dearly, said yes. She said, um, but you know, we can't afford it. If you can find a way that you can get over there. So I, I looked at doing a Kickstarter. Now I'm a, I do photography and I looked at doing some sort of Kickstarter for uh, a, like a photography book for my trip to the States. And I had it kind of set up and I was working on some uh, tiers and pricing and all that sort of fun stuff. And there was a content creator in the US who just before I wanted to go live with my Kickstarter, uh, ripped a bunch of people off in the gaming community and Kickstarter was a dirty thing. And I sat and I took stock of it and I went, no one really knows me. I'm asking for a sum of money that's not you know, it's not a, a small amount of money. It's a reasonable chunk of change. Yeah. This is not yeah. going to work. And I went back to my then group of friends, uh, the small group of friends, mainly Gary Con guys uh, and some other guys in, in, in Texas, uh, Skirmisher Publishing, who I'd done a few live videos with. And they thought it was, a, again, a kick that this Aussie guy uh, was wanting to come and chat gaming with them. Um, 
and and I said this is not going to work and I know it's not going to work because this person has just gone and muddied the water and um, so I went all right what do I do and a friend of mine says why don't you try GoFundMe because even if it doesn't reach what you need it, it's it's cash that you can then use and find another way to supplement so I did that and I had a goal and uh, and it was slowly getting towards that goal and it was slow and people were like you know I've given what I can I really can't and I'm like don't don't give if you can't I really appreciate it and I had these things that like you know I had a little thing called ask me to do anything within reason so you know I had to go and get a photo with something or do something someone here said to me you've got to take a spoon with you and you've got to you've got to find a spoon you've got to take it with you to to Gary Pond and you've got to get photos of the spoon I went okay <laughs> I can do that <laughs> so I went op shopping and antiquing and I found an old-fashioned sugar spoon now I have since put it aside uh, I don't have it with me because I didn't think I didn't think of this story and it's an old-fashioned sugar spoon so it's not a round headed spoon it's actually square almost like you know your snow shovel uh, oh yeah oh wow and it's an old fa and the and the the handle i'm th thankful is not bone like they used to be it's like a plastic it's like a really old school plastic that looks like bone and i uh took it with me and i had it on the table i played in a game run by luke it was a uh first uh first ed uh game that luke gygax ran had it on the table and a d20 that a friend of mine in cornwall sent me that was part of his thing is uh, he, sponsor, he sponsored me for some money. He sent me his original D20 and said, use it, get some people to use it, take a couple of photos and I'm done. So I had his D20 sitting on there and I did that and that was fantastic and that was a lot of fun. So I, I did this and um, so, you know, uh, the, the people were putting money towards, which is great, you know, and then I had people saying, hey, what are you doing for accommodation? I said, well, I've got a room booked, but it's going to cost me this much. And they went, cancel it, come stay with us. We're not, you know, don't worry about it. So I could knock that off the total and that brought it down. And then people are saying, well, what outside outside the convention? What, what are you doing for accommodation? I said, well, I've looked at a couple of places in Lake Geneva, uh, backpackers and a, and a cheap hotel and this sort of thing. And they went, oh, maybe, maybe you can stay with some of us. I'm like, okay, cool. But I need to try and I don't want to have to be sort of bags on the side of the road going, uh, I've missed the night. You know, I need to try and get it all, get it, get your ducks in a row sort of thing. Oh, yeah. Ernie Gygax reached out and said, come stay with me. So the, the week either side of the convention, I stayed with Ernie Gygax. And holy hell, was that awesome. <laughs> now, Ernie is a stand-up host. We chatted old TSR stuff. We sat and watched reruns of Johnny Carson. Um, we watched a couple of old John Wayne films. Um, I got him to sign a couple of books that I had. Um, I uh, Chainmail, which was a precursor to to D and D, um, that Gary uh, Gygax and Jeff Perrin wrote. Um, Ernie didn't have a copy. I had a spare. Boom! There you go, Ernie. Cheers. So um, you know, it was it was it was brilliant. It was brilliant, and they this this. And I say this with with the like with with the most humblest of humbleness. I'm a kind of a nobody on the D and D scene. Like I started my page, the Antipodean D20, six years ago just for a laugh, a bit of fun. In fact, the name itself was a bit of fun in, uh, because I'd just been talking about this word, the Antipodes, with someone, because the Antipodes is literally the polar opposite of the known world. Back in the day when Europe was the known world. Mm -hmm. The Antipodes 
was Australia, New Zealand, Southeast Asia, because it was the antipodal position of the world. And so the antipodes, that word, just as a kid, really resonated. I just love the same. You will find in life words in any language that just resonate with you. And the antipodes did for me. And the D20 is great, sort of, you know, this one of the skirmisher guys did this logo for me. Um, the D20 to me, like the old school D10s and D6s and D4s are great, but the D20 is just uh, just like when you roll it across a table, it's got that roll. It's not like a D100, you know, which, you know, the, the, the Xochihedron, you've got to have sand in the bottom to slow it down, otherwise it roll off like a golf ball. But the D20 just rolling across a table is just a cool thing. So D20s and Antipodes, and then the final piece that brought the two of them together is there is a phonetic homage in there, Antipa D&D20. So D&D is at the heart of things, and there it is as a little hidden phonetic homage right in the center of it, the Antipa D&D20. The Antipa D&D20. So, you know, that was, that was <laughs> That's a really cool fun. way yeah, to come is... up with the name. So, yeah. But uh, like um, Gary Con was was crazy, made so many good friends. I'm still friends with him. Um, I've got a, uh, a again. I say this when I, I I'm the most introverted extrovert you'll ever meet. I'm also the most extroverted introvert you'll ever meet. I love talking about things and encouraging participation and stories. Yeah, I know it works. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love. I I'm sitting here. Uh, panicking internally like there is a disco party of lsd laced squirrels in my head that wants to on <laughs> camera as quick as possible and i use that to go on camera because i know other people struggle to be on camera and it's one of the reasons why i started doing videos about three years ago i i did it because i look at it like if i can push myself to do something hopefully someone will take a small nugget of my my uh, craziness and go, if he can do it, I can do it. Um, and so, uh, you, you know, do, doing all of this, doing video, I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna do it. And all of these friends uh, in GaryCon, to the point where, and I say this is coming back full circle in the most humblest of humble breaks, Luke Gygax keeps inviting me back to GaryCon each year and I have not been able to get, get there. Um, and I've, I've, he, he's just told me 2022, you have to be there. We'll make it, you have to be there. Um, and like in this in this age, you, sometimes, you know, full-time work, kids or kid, family, all that sort of thing, you can't promise things. And I, to be even asked to come back is brilliant. And I love that. So um, it's, it's great to see such a, like a community just brought together by everyone's stories everyone's experiences and, and just everyone coming you know going forward together is a is a wonderful thing totally yeah i we talked to i remember we talked a little while ago when I, we did a community session for realm smith and some of that and i think i'm definitely thinking we should definitely make sure we try to meet up when it comes to gary con 2022 since we know this year it's going to be virtual next year i'm sure it's going to be just completely nuts because it'll be like i ain't seen you in so many years and just everybody's <laughs> going to be all in there and return to oh, glory i'm i'm gonna have people tell me off tell me off for not coming back earlier it just the timing unfortunately uh uh gary con tends to be around my wife's birthday my birthday my son's birthday 
Um, and it also happens to sometimes cold, uh, you know, coincide around Easter, which makes it, and Easter is one of our busy times at work other than Christmas. Um, so sometimes it's, it, it's just, <laughs> sometimes it works, 2016 it did. Um, the last couple of years, for whatever reason, it just hasn't worked. Uh, last year, it didn't work because no one wanted to go there. Because, well, like, not that no one it, wanted to go. It's just, it's, you know, well, this, something, everyone, something like a pandemic was in play. And it kind of prevented everybody from getting heads, together. Well, you know? Everyone wanted to be there. No one wanted to be there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah, that's really but, cool. Um, for someone who lives in, the, in, in Australia, when literally, you know, it's 10,000 miles away, um, virtual is great. I love it. This is cool. You know, here I am hanging out with you guys. I'm I'm literally a world away. I could be the dark side of the moon for all you know. <laughs> that's why the backgrounds. That's why the backgrounds all dark. Um, yeah. uh, it's a, it's an inner pocket dimension. You're you're secretly in the you're secretly in the uh, yawning portal in Faerun, communicating with us. <laughs> I've been told by many people that Australia doesn't exist. The world is flat, and I'm just some. Um, Russian actor putting on a good Australian accent that lives somewhere else. So uh, speaking of speaking of Australian accents, what do you think of Christina's accent for Gaziel on Tides of Wildmouth? I mean, I probably couldn't keep up a consistent American accent when I was gaming if I was gaming on live stream. So I think what Christina does is brilliant. Uh, I've, I've said she can be an honorary Aussie. She is quite welcome to that. I like it. She uses a technique that I do. When you try and put on an accent, I try to put on an accent for different things. In fact, driving to and from work is 40 minutes one way. So you're always sort of watching and thinking, and you know, I might have a YouTube uh, video, the audio streaming, so I can listen to it while I'm driving. Um, there's a lot of thinking and practicing time. Um, when I was, uh, and you'd, you'd know this, Scoop, when I was on for the, uh, um, the uh, was it when we summoned, accidentally summoned the thing, I was practicing the accent for my character. Right off the bat, I dropped the ball. So I, I, I just, I could not do it. I was ready, I was ready, I was ready. And you said, and he, and I went, bleh. The technique she, I remember her saying the technique she did is, she says, adventure. And then that pops her into the mindset. Um, if you're a Jimmy Carr fan, um, a, a, a English comedian, he drops into an Irish accent using ginger and community. So that's how he tricks his brain into an Irish accent. So if you can find a way to trigger that accent, then you're halfway there. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to explore that more myself with more of the characters, but I'll get there eventually. <laughs> yeah, accents are hard to pull. I used to be good at them, but I just kind of fade away. There's a brilliant, re like YouTube, there is a brilliant resource there for, for accents. Um, YouTube's um, a brilliant place for all kinds of resources. Oh yes, that's how I learned Photoshop. <laughs> you can you can find yourself down a rabbit hole with YouTube very, very <laughs> easily. Uh, one night I found myself watching Vanity Fair videos where um, uh, celebrities were from different countries were explaining their different slang. And uh, Gerard Butler, um, from you know 300 uh, uh, you know from uh, rock and roller um, I have my new favorite Scottish slang and it's when someone's all mouth no trousers means that they talk but they don't follow up with action so, <laughs> so, um, you know so I, I'd love I'd love to hear Joel do that with some internal dialogue as plunk with uh, with uh, Nora's character uh, Sarah 
Oh yeah, yeah that would be that would that, be wild. Be <laughs> that would be so wild. <laughs> I'm just looking. I'm just looking at the. I'm looking at the uh, the comments here. Yeah. Um, and uh, Zip is saying that accents can be so hard, and if you do it badly, it can be super offensive. The biggest thing, the biggest thing for, for me when I'm doing any live streaming or I'm doing just a video from the kitchen at work or anything like that, if people can see your intent is, is good and your context is good and you're doing it as sort of, uh, uh, you know, you're doing it for the right reasons, your intent is good, then if you don't do it well, it can still be okay, and, and not to, and not to, not to, um, uh, not to give up. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, it's one, it's one thing when you're trying to do it because you're trying to like do it justice. It's another when you're just, you know, doing it because you think it'll be a laugh. Oh yeah, it's all about the context. If you, if if you are aware of what you're trying to do, and know that you're not trying to get no false intent, you know. People will let it go, or you can spit it and be in a unique accent for your own self. So, yeah. Uh, speaking of zip and questions, she's a little more Aussie <laughs> slang. She's asking for. I don't know. I don't know what to. We try to be family friendly. So, is there a, good, a couple of good family friendly slangs? I uh, family friendly slangs. Okay, uh, not that one. Not that one. Not that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, no, you got to run through that <laughs> list. It's like um, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> A lot of our a lot of our slang has uh, a mixed cultural background. Most of it will be English based or English originated. Um, uh, in England, they've got uh, the Cockneys and a co lot of Cockney rhyming slang like apple and pears are stairs, frog and toad is road, um, and, and, and that sort of thing is filtered through to Australia. And then we have kind of continued and evolved it ourselves. Mm -hmm. So. Um, some of it can be quite old and not used as much. Some of it's still around. Um, the biggest thing with Australian slang is someone can call you an offensive word, but it can be done in a loving and brotherly or sisterly kind of way. So that context is is mm. is there. And I've got friends who are uh, immigrants or first generation Aussies that said that that was the biggest culture shock. There's someone calling me a bad word. But he's laughing with me, not at me. I like I don't get what. And as, as long as they're laughing with you, everything's good, mate. Yeah. Um. So, um, kids. The the slang for children in Australia, and it's it's an older slang, is uh, Billy Lids or just Lids, because Billy Lids rhymes with kids means children. Um, sorry. Tin lids. Tin lids as well. Billy Lids. Tin lids. Um. It's it's a, a Cockney rhyming slang. Um, Barfuddle Brain says here, grew up watching Neighbours, so is well versed with the lingo. If you if you've watched Neighbours, yeah, sure. There was another show um, uh, on uh, still going. It's called uh, Home and Away, and there's a character on there, Alf. Now Alf is as ochre Aussie as they get, and um, I've had some of the the Realmsmith guys on my streams before. I had Joel and Dave, and I think Jason crashed. Um, I remember that one. The last one I I, I had, um, uh, I had Brandon. Uh, Brandon on. That's right. And I hit them with a couple of slangs. But the favourite one of mine from Alf from Home and Away is Flaming Galar, and it basically means an idiot. Like yeah, Flaming Galar. Uh, 
So it's not it's not an advocation to set wildlife on fire. Um, it's uh, that's what it is a flaming galah. So, although, although, um, you, although to be fair, most D and D parties do tend to send something on fire, so it might not be too far of a stretch to use that same thing for them at, in certain situations. We need to tell you uh, how many times has Adam cast uh, bonfire. I actually was doing a thing the other night where it's like, yeah, I got to have Realm Smith bingo, and one of the things is Plunk's got to sing a song, Adam's got to set something on fire. <laughs> And they've got to do something completely um, where it just breaks Jason. Or, or, or Jason says for the sake of brevity. For the sake of brevity. Yeah. Um, yes, for the sake of brevity. Um, Adam leans into the camera and does the eye thing. Um, that's going to be on the list. Um, You'd be amazed how um, many people actually, how many how many comments I've heard where it's like, it's more enjoyable to watch Adam on Zoom than it is at the table, only because you can actually see his face all the time. For when he does all of those weird looks back and forth and kind of does the all of his little facial expressions but yeah but um so uh Ozzy's name so yeah um uh what else i mean i'm trying to think of family friendly ones now the heart it's a hard list to pare down uh, i mean you know it's like it's it's the thing is trying well, the thing yeah. is, it's not, it's not that all slot Aussie slang is not family friendly. The context is family friendly. The delivery perhaps isn't. That's, That's a fair point. So, that so, is true uh, with a lot of slang in America too. Yeah. Uh, so that's where that's where you do get uh, sort of that little bit of it's sort of uh, you know the fuzzy gray area of where do we where do we go from here? Um, <laughs> So uh, uh, Hillary's just said snow closing his eyes. That's a, that's a, in fact, as someone like these glasses, uh, I had a I had a when my wife and I were in Scotland, I needed to go for an optometrist appointment. I had um, not these particular ones because it was a few years ago now. But the Scottish optometrist said to me, if your eyes get any worse, you're gonna have to go live with a family of bats. So as someone who relies on glass, quite short sighted, to see Brandon embrace a role where. Um, the character is blind, but he just doesn't sit there and go, oh yeah, my guy's blind, he does this, or oh, my guy's blind, but he has this, th these goggles of seeing, so that counts as that. He's playing the character true, so much so that he, when he delivers and he becomes, he closes his eyes to do it. Now, you can't keep your eyes closed the entire time because you need to interact with the rest of the party, and that does kind of give that little, um, you know, two sides of the coin, but him just, simply closing his eyes to become snow when snow does something i, I love that i absolutely love that um i uh, and right you're a movie fan if you've watched the extras for um a knight's tale with the late great heath ledger they were they were doing a uh, there was some behind the scenes about uh where he comes back and finds out his father's gone blind okay. and he comes up uh, to the little girl to ask where old man thatcher is um oh yeah he's over there and he just sits in the window staring out and it's like oh oh why, why does he why does he do that or you know something like, and she goes because he's blind sir and and they had it that um uh they had it so that when they were auditioning all the kids for that role this girl this little girl was like because he's blind so the, but every other kid did a boy or girl it's like oh he's blind 
and delivered it like it was a nothing thing. But this little girl really, oh, oh, you know, almost like she was pretending it was her father, uncle, grandfather. Oh, he's blind. And, and you know, that little extra there. And, and Brandon absolutely brings, I mean, the, the whole Ralph team brings to the table 110%. But to see that, you know, for someone who, you know, I'm, I'm not blind, but without these glasses, no, I'm in a lot of trouble. It's great to see that. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I thought it was very refreshing seeing uh, Brandon bring forth the character. And I love how he uses that to kind of get into character. He does. He, he closes his eyes, leans his head forward, and then he get. And then he, he, it's really easy for him to bring the character out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, while I'm thinking of some other slang that's family friendly, uh, um, what's some what's some good American slang that I might not have heard? That's a that's probably a really good one. I can't <laughs> think of anything right now because I tend to. I've spent so much time around John. I've, I'm starting to. I'm start and so much time <laughs> listening to the Terrain Tutor. It's like I'm hearing all the British, some of the British slang. <laughs> with the, uh, with yeah, the, the, um, the Amer- if you want a yeah. good good British slang, uh, just watch a lot of stuff with Hugh Laurie and Stephen Fry. Oh yeah, <laughs> they, are, they are brilliant, hands um, down. They are just, they are just brilliant. Um, he, uh, a true story, um, Hugh Laurie, when he went to audition for House, um, the, 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 the panel selecting um, knew that he was British. And they just went, no, 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 we, we need an American guy to do this, you know, grouchy, grumpy, uh, well-versed, well, you know, well-rounded knowledge uh, American doctor. We, we can't have a Brit doing it. It's just not going to Oh, but you need to see, you know, no, 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 no. So his agent... Uh, answered the call again, but used a face, a, a fake name for him, and said, "Look, he can't make it in. He can do it over the phone." Oh, okay, cool. And I think it was over the phone or something. And did this audition over the phone. I went, "This perfect. We've found house." And boom, it's Hugh Laurie. <laughs> yeah, it's that's pretty wild, actually, because it kind of reminds me of like when uh, Mike Myers was doing Shrek initially. He had originally done the voice in a in one in one uh one way but he was uh he had was rethinking the role and called up and did it did it again over the phone with the scottish type of accent and then that's how we get the shrek that we all know and love now yeah in my belly no that's uh that's uh that's austin. <laughs> yeah that's austin uh, yeah, that's, that all, was, that's, uh... that's austin, mike myers <laughs> yeah another 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 famous role of his that was effortless me, don't forget to be dead. So yeah, it's just getting a getting a word from my mod from the mods, uh, some there seems to be a bit of a delay from what I say and the way my camera is going. And that is probably because of the app I'm using for the camera I'm using on the stream. So Oh, okay. Still working on trying to figure that out, but you know, we'll we'll, we'll get there eventually. So, so if I started going, oh, that's very good. Yeah, ha ha ha. It would throw everyone. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I've been watching a lot of kaiju films the last few days, so <laughs> it might just put me in the mood to go watch, go watch like King, uh, Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla. You know, I, I grew up. 
I grew up on a on a show out of uh, I can't remember exactly where it came out of, but um, I grew up in the territory, and there was a lot of Asian influence. And our local ABC, so Australian Broadcasting Company, uh, had everyone used to call it um, Monkey Magic, but it was called Magic Monkey. And I have no idea how that happened, but a lot of that was fun. And a lot of fun. There was a lot of fun with watching dubbed movies. Uh, it was, you know, a lot of the Jackie Chan Mills on, uh, not Mills on, it was Wheels on Mills and Police Story 123, um, watching uh, Master of Crack Knuckles, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, that, that sort of thing um, was a lot of fun. And that dub was just, it's, for a kid growing up, was a very intriguing thing why the voice and the mouth movement didn't marry up. And to find out later, it was because it, the, the original film was in a different language, and they had to double it in English so that it could be, you know, broadcast in Australia. And so, it became a fascinating thing to self-dub. So, you know, you, uh, you know, we'd be watching something, and um, I would constantly crack my mother up doing it. I'd be, you have betrayed my family. You must die now. Ha ha ha! My parents will die. You know, that sort of because as a kid, you just wanted to be. An <laughs> and this was an area that opened up for you in the sense that. Um, it showed that you know you could have a bit of fun with. I'm go I'm goofy. I was goofy as a kid. I used to do accents for my mother. I, used to, I you know, Forrest Gump, and I love Forrest Gump, and I mean no ill will to anyone from that southern area with the draw, but I love that accent, and I can do that accent. I won't on here <laughs> because I've I've built this up too much, but I do that for my mother, and she would crack up laughing, and she always used to say, "You should have gone into theatre." and Coming back to being an introverted, extrovert, extroverted, introvert, I I would freeze on stage. There was once there was it was up until a point in grade ten when I did drama that my brain just went do it and I did it and I was able to do it and at the end of it I was panicking, you know, sweating, sort of thing. But I just but I just did it, sort of thing. Um, and and yeah, you know, it, 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 I did. Uh, I was I was a theater kid in high school too. I got first sucked into it in tenth uh, grade. Uh, during our uh, during a presentation of the Wiz, and I was working the soundboard and whatnot, and then getting more involved in it, and I always stayed in the background. I always stayed doing the stage work and behind the scenes stuff. But in order to get into the Thespian Society, I had to act. So I understudied for a role, and then one day we were doing the pre production, and it was like, oh, all the main actors and the understudies switch. And it was like, Ooh. okay, <laughs> that's fun. <laughs> and then, um, but I was always kind of, it's like, I love theater and I love doing that, but I was always just kind of nervous about being on stage and going into some of that panic when you're on stage and it's like trying to just muscle through it. And, uh, but yeah, I totally get that. And I, to that same point, that's why I'm, so glad I'm having the opportunity to do more of this content creation where I can actually be on camera, push myself beyond my limits. Cause I'm normally the quiet guy in the back who doesn't speak very often, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, you're saying about soundboard, Matt, I was the stage manager uh, because my, my logical brain with the, the sort of the stage blocks was, I, I was able to build a set that between changes, we only had to change a few things that was very modular. Uh, and I did that myself. And the, and the drama teacher went, "Have you done any design before? Say, you know, set design?" I went, "No, it just seemed like the logical thing to do." And she goes, "Cool, you're our stage manager." And there was one, <laughs> there was one part where they needed a character, and no one wanted or couldn't or whatever. And I said, "Oh yeah, yeah, I'll do it if it's just either a no speaking or just a short speaking part." 
And to her credit, she said, yeah, yeah, no, it's just a couple of lines. I'm like, cool. No, it turned out to be this play was like a um, futuristic set where robots are part of the thing. Think iRobot. Think the Will Smith iRobot. Uh, uh, and I was the salesman that was selling a robot to the family. And I had like 11 lines of dialogue. And <laughs> no just a couple like, of lines, oh, you say? Oh. A few. Just a little bit. I. Now, my mother's favorite film at the time was Father the Bride. Martin Short is a master genius actor. And without even meaning to, I become Frank and did my lines. And the, and, and the drama teacher went, that was brilliant. Do that again next time. Next time? <laughs> next time? Um, yeah. yeah, exactly right. So, mm -mm. you know... <laughs> Yeah, I, I'd, I'd stage man it. Uh, the last play we did, one of the last plays we did for my senior year, we did Anything Goes. And uh, I was, I stage managed that for a little bit. And we had this huge, massive two-story ship that we mounted to the center of the stage so it could just rotate 360 when we went from uh, one set to the other set. And just all kinds of crazy trying to run a stage in the back. But it was a lot of fun. Uh, just uh, quickly answering a couple of messages in the chat. Oh yeah, you're good. Um, um, yeah, uh, that that jump from from you know uh, back of house to front of house uh, using hospitality terminology for, for for that sort of thing. Yeah, you were like, oh, okay, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. Get in, you do it. Get off stage, and then that's when you have the pat you know, that's when you have the heart attack. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, so, what kind of thing? So, you do a podcast as well. What kind of things do you do? What what's your pod? What kind of things do you do on your podcast? Okay, so podcast is a very broad term for what I do. That basically, this whole thing is to keep me sane, um, or to at least slow my descent into absolute madness, just just a little. Um, I, I like can neither confirm or deny. I share that sentiment. <laughs> So the Antipode and D20 was something I put together for a bit of fun. Um, it'll be it'll be seven years ago this May. Um, and then, yeah, videos uh, started with, I think I did a, just, just, I don't know what made me do it. I think it was like a, a New Year's video 2015 or 2016 or something like that. It must be in 2015 because i think it was just before i went to gary con so it must be 2015 i did like a, a 1 a.m in the morning from tassie um hey happy new year short video sort of thing and left it at that and i got a bit of interaction like cool so and then there was a couple other little things here and there that i did um and then when i was at, at gary con i did a couple of videos live um and um and then it started to, to, to move and evolve uh, a little bit. Um, and now what I do is I've been doing videos from the kitchen at work as a, like a focus. I get in, I get in early. I um, get everything set up for the shop. And then I either panic for, for 60 seconds trying to think of a topic for the, for the, for the live, or I might have one already. Um, and then, uh, uh, you know, I've got everything ready. And before I open the store, I'll have between five and 15 minutes where I'll do a live from the kitchen. 
And I just basically, blah, here's some, here's my thought. Here's a 60 second idea. Here's, it's just a, a, a um, you know, a um, disgorging of gaming idea X for anyone to use. And it kind of puts me in a good mood, ready to then open the store and begin a retail shift of anything between six to 10 hours. It just sort of gets me going. Um, and I did that a bit more. And then like someone said to me, you need to do some extended stuff. So I started doing a little bit of mapping and, and that was at midnight, but then it started to get a bit hard because uh, it, I'm in a two bedroom flat with my wife and my son. My son would wake up uh, you know, and wander out and I couldn't then continue because he might want me and you know i can't then just stop the video it, it's 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 sort of a bit of people understand but you can't keep doing that so then i said to my wife all right what would you say about if i could start doing some live videos during the day where i could set up the green screen you know green screen here well um and do some actuals and she said well you need to sort of you know if you're going to do it live not just off the cuff at kitchen you need to have some content um so all right all right what do i do and i was and that would have been about this time last year. And I was throwing the idea around and I happened to catch Realm Smith at GaryCon for the uh, prologue, uh, the, the um, you know, uh, episode zero of Tides of Wildmount. And I watched that and I went, these guys are brilliant. This is brilliant, this is great. And you know, Matt Mercer, Matt Lillard, um, uh, you know, Jason was great, gr you know, ran a great three hour ep um, and everyone in there, Nora, you know, I know, actually, I don't think Nora was in that first one. I can't remember. Yeah, um, she played, she, you know, she was Diarchal. She was, she was Diarchal right, on that first was, one because she ended up yeah, that's carrying right, through that's for right. the whole season. That's right. That's right. Yes, because that's right. Because Christina wasn't in the first one. Um, uh, Dave, Joel, and um, Brandon were. But anyway, I watched this and I went, this is brilliant. And I literally tapped out a message to, oh, and B. Dave Walters. That was the catalyst. B. Dave as uh, Jakari. Uh, I think so. I'm going to have to go back and double check now. Jakari. Uh, this sort of, this very Spanish sounding sort of, yes. Uh, you know, and I'm like, I'm, I'm a sucker for the Spanish. I think they're very cool people. Um, you know, Antonio Banderas, uh, that sort of thing. I love, you know, the whole thought of Toledo st Spanish steel swashbuckler kind of thing. Uh, Javier Bardem uh, um, in um, uh, Dead Man Tell No Tales was brilliant. Um, so I reached out to B. Dave and just sent him a message going, hey, watched you on Tides of Wildbound. You're awesome. I'd love to have you on um, my podcast sometime. Enter. And I went... Did I just I do that? Did I, I just I, do yeah, that? I, I don't have a podcast. Crap. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I I, I know he, that feeling. I did I did that to I did that. That that feeling is such a great feeling. It's like you you hem and hawing, <laughs> hem and hawing, and all of a sudden it's like I'm just gonna type out this message. For me, I did it to. I think I did it was uh, one of the ones I did when I did it to like Jen Krishner, because yeah. I was really fascinated. I really would like to have her come on and talk about some of the things she's been working on. But it was that hem and hawing, and finally when you type out the message and hit enter and then all of a sudden it's that did i just do this yes, yes what you did. did i get myself into <laughs> lots of fun fast forward two weeks no answer and i kind of forget about it so um you know when you send a message through facebook if you don't see the message request you miss it I, sometimes i do that as well um so i um 
I went, uh, you know, I, I forgot about it. I didn't even go, oh, well, don't worry. I completely forgot about it. Fast forward four weeks. So now we're in sort of April, May, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. And I get this message back from B, B Dave. Oh, I'm so sorry, man. I missed this. Yes, I absolutely love to. Let me know when and I'll be there. Uh, <laughs> where's, where's the paper bags? <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, breathe, I had my friend. Breathe. Working at a liquor store, I took the empty wine bottle out and I used that. Um, <laughs> so then I went, okay. So I messaged back, like, oh, cool. Look, we've got, it must have been April. Look, Easter at the moment and a few things. Quite busy. I'll get back to you soon. Thanks for responding. Uh, you know, you know, you do some great work. Tides was brilliant, blah, blah, blah. And then I went, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And I set a time, I set a time and a date and said yes. And I'm like, okay. This is cool. This is going to be cool. This is going to be cool. And I t- told a friend about it and they went, cool. Who have you got on B-Day? Okay. Oh, yeah. I think, I think I've heard of him. Um, and this is a gamer mate here, but hasn't sort of got, uh, hadn't watched a lot of, lot of um, uh, American stuff. Um, another mate said, oh, that's going to be awesome. Um, so I went, all right. So maybe I should have a second person on there that can be some banter between everyone. And I'm like, who else? Who else? Who else? Um, and I suddenly went, oh, I can ask Luke. I know Luke. Luke knows me. It's a friendly face. I, I, I've seen some B Dave stuff. He doesn't know me. I don't want there to be static or stale air. I want there to be some rapport and some meandering. So I went, all right. So I asked Luke and he went, yeah, not a problem. I messaged Dave and said, hey, um, Luke's just come back to me and said that, you know, hey, he'd love to be on too, if that's okay with you. And he said, yeah, yeah, Luke's the man, love him. So I had the two of them on. We were meant to go for 45 minutes. We stopped an hour and 40 minutes later and it was just fantastic and i called it roll for initiative because literally it was not going to be barbara walters 2020 hard copy sort of stuff it was basically three guys sitting around with a coffee or a tea or something talking about the gaming industry this hobby that we love and rolling dice and it was brilliant and i loved it and so i went cool um i also um one of my other loves uh in the gaming world is um a game book called lone wolf by the late great joe diva and I'd got permission from um, his estate. His son runs the, the sort of his IP and estate and sort of bringing it to the forefront again. And I basically reached out and went, hey, love the work. Can I do an authorized read through? And they went, just do one and we'll see how it is. Did one, they loved it. And you know, I'm up to reading book six through now. Um, and I do that every so often. Um, and, and this is starting to evolve. The only thing that, that sort of stops me in that next step is my day job. I'm the manager of the store and I have a huge amount of responsibility that if someone can't work a shift, it falls to me to do. And that's why if anyone now watching, and, and I love you all, love you all to bits. If you've ever watched my stuff, it can be sometimes a little chaotic in its scheduling. It's basically, I'm at the mercy of work and home life. My wife loves it a bit. She's very, she's, you know, she's very, uh, uh, embracing of my nerdness she is in no way a nerd and she understands my passion um she uh she's looking at me right now Send help. Um, <laughs> but, but she understands it's a passion of mine but she also knows and she, uh, uh, that I, i'm at the i'm at the mercy of chaos in the sense of if something goes wrong and i put up a thing about a stream i don't want to cancel i don't want to cancel you want to know that you're putting up a stream and you can you can follow through on it. You you want to know that you can do that. And as the manager of a of, of a retail store, 
you know, it came close to me putting a post up about a stream. I didn't, and someone called in sick, and I had to, to do a, a 13 hour shift. Um, so I'm very cautious with my scheduling for the Antipodean D20. And that's why these little, uh, you know, bite sized quick videos from the kitchen at, at work work. It gets out content, it gets out uh, creativity, it gets out. Um, a bit of feedback with the audience. I always make sure whenever someone's on and my brain is screaming at me for not looking at your comments enough here and saying hello to everyone, like, hello, Ziff, hello, Secura, hello, Shad, uh, hello, um, who else have we got here? Bath Battle Bra I love that name, Bath Battle Brain. Let's just bring it. Who we got else in here? We've got Scott <laughs> Keller. Hello, I should be saying g'day, not hello. G'day, Scott. G'day, Shad. G'day, you don't need, I mean, you don't need to <laughs> play into that too much. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Gary, on 8, 2016, I think I've never said g'day so often. Like, here in Australia, we do it occasionally. Yeah. When I was two weeks in the States, I think every third word out of my mouth was g'day. Um, so, yeah. It's, uh, you know, I, and, and, and reading that um, those comments as you're live, I, I love doing that as well. Um, so, uh, this yeah. is what my podcast is. It's like a chaotic cobbling conglomerate of uh, gaming advice, tips, Q&As, um, roundtable chats, some gaming. Uh, 2020, I, I was it was I was so lucky to be invited to some really cool live to air gaming. I think I traded on the token Aussies thing so hard. I got to be um, in a game with with Jen, Jen Kretschmer, is that who you mm -hmm. said before? I got to be in a game with her that was run, I think it was run by uh, Ginny Loveday. Um, I'm pretty sure uh, uh, my brain's fading now, but like being in um, run, a game run by Chris Lindsay, um, you know, um, uh, like, uh, you know, for, for, for a game hall con, for Founders and Legends, uh, for Gary Con's Autumn Revel, being in these games live to air with some of these great names was brilliant. Like, I think I traded really hard on the to token Aussie thing. Um, but, um, I, you know, it was very lucky that the timing worked as well. Um, yes. It was one game that I was meant to be in that was going to be run by Jim Ward, the Jim Ward, and I couldn't because the timing didn't work. Now, my wife had something gone and she said, oh, look, I can, I mean, no, 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 no. This is done so it doesn't disrupt family life. You do this, I'll sit this one out, I can watch when I come back. And that's the balance I try to insist on as well. Um, but to be in these, like, you know, being a game run by Luke, uh, I said to Luke, jokingly, look, hey, whatever game you want me in, even if it's three in the morning, I'll sit on my phone out in the car. And he come back to me and goes, I've got a game, there's only one game, there's a spare spot, it's the first game of the day. I'm like, okay, cool, I can do that. He goes, I've double checked the time and I've got someone else to check it and I just want you to check it this is the, the the i think it's like 9 a.m or 8 a.m pacific can you check your local time oh god it worked out, it worked out at 1 30 a.m sunday morning now i took this to my lovely wife who's standing just over there and knows the story well and rolling her eyes so hard that i can hear it um <laughs> and i said hey and she said is it something you want to do does this help you for this as the antipodean d20 i went yes and at the same time it also lets me play in a cool game run by luke she said, well, we'll sort it out. You set it up. You make sure you set an alarm to wake yourself up to do that. Long story short, I slept through the alarm. I was 20 minutes late to the game. I still made it in time. We played for four hours. I think the last hour was off camera and it was brilliant. 
and I loved every second of it. And to be able to do that a couple more times in Gary Con's Autumn Revel, um, Game Hole Con, um, Luke wants me to do something this year for Gary Con. Uh, I'm going to ask him if I can play in another live to air stream as long as it works. We've got the week that weekend I've booked off from work. We've got a couple of family things on as well. So that balance has come back in. That's a very important thing for me is life balance. Um, so I could be playing on live. I could be running something. I've got to iron out the details. But to, to be able to do fun things like that is brilliant as well. And, and, and you know, um, to see that uh, the Realmsmith guys do something similar with their interaction, you know, that's brilliant as well. I probably, this topic has meandered so much that I, I haven't even been able to catch up, you know, keep up with my own story. But, no, um, you're good. You're good. Yeah, that's that's the going, that's huh? the beauty of this is we're just kind of <laughs> having a conversation and seeing how it and goes. Then, that's literally this. Like you guys have got a similar format to what I do for role for initiative. You know, it's just basically uh, letting letting the topic meander. I'll, I'll do a couple of things with like a slang thing. Um, you know, I'll have a couple of questions. Occasionally, I'll throw a couple of little games in there, especially if the people know each other. You know, um, uh, you know what kind of, I, I could say to to you, Scoob, and to you, Rye, like. What kind of character would you write for each other for a game of a game of your choice of a system of your choice? What would you know? Right. What character would you see uh, Scoob as? You know, is he a swashbuckling pirate? Is he the hacker in cyberpunk? Is he is he uh, is he Bubba John from some sort of cyberpunk um, post-apocalyptic? Um, uh, what's what's the what's the what's the wastelanders called? Um, the 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 um... Borderlands. Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, oh, mind blank. Cyberpunk, uh, the tribes. Oh, well. The nomads. Um, nomads, that's nomads. it. No? Uh, and, and the same thing, Scoob, Rye. Like, is Rye your hacker in, in, in um, Cyberpunk? Is he, with that with that little chiseled beard, is, is he the the French uh, the French inspector in a Call of Cthulhu game hunting down the same perpetrator that you're looking for, but for very different reasons? Um, is he the space captain that this is his last run to pay off his ship and the guys are on his back almost like the, the dumping of the spice by Han sort of thing uh, and he's just got to pay the, the he's got to pay the Jabba type character off so his the ship is his and he's no longer under the thumb of that of that gangster and then he can start doing his own jobs you know that's the sort of question I love to throw out as well in roll for, roll for initiative because it's wonderful to sort of like a spinning top pull that zip and see what happens sort of thing um so a, me a meandering show is always good yeah I'm, I'm thinking about that it's like you know i could see him being like a rogue trader type maybe uh definitely he, he definitely like a long distance like a like a long distance sharpshooter type thing maybe an assassin of some type um yeah i'm always hiding in the weeds taking out people one at a time well, I like I when you take out chairs when you're upset um <laughs> yeah borderlands 2 and quite often i'm the sniper on high in borderlands 2 so yeah um gearbox was just recently sold too uh really? i don't know if you heard about that no uh, i didn't yeah yeah gearbox was uh sold the article because i found it it was one of the new source i was gonna looking forward to checking out um, Zip just said Fallout. Fallout's good as well. I haven't played Fallout for a while. I, I um the chat. I, I think I kind of I have played a little bit of three in Vegas. Um, I think I slowed a little because the original Fallout One, Fallout Two, with it top-down turn-based, I think I really liked because I'd come from uh, Civilization, um, preferring it a little bit more to Age of Empires. 
Uh, I, lo- I still love Age of Empires. You know, who the f- you, know you can't make yeah. that noise and not have someone know what you mean. That's um, true. So to, to mm-hmm. then Fallout 1 and Fallout 2 with that turn-based point by sort of thing, I think appealed to that to this, you know, the repressed, repressed logical part of my brain that the chaos hadn't beaten to a corner. Um, so well, when it changed... I didn't get a chance to do Fallout 1 and 2, but um, I've done a little bit of 3 and 4, but as far as, like, turn-based stuff, like the XCOM game or, like, of yeah. course, the Big Daddy RTS uh, StarCraft, um, done that a little bit. But, yeah, um, but yeah, Gearbox was purchased by Embracer, the Embracer Group. Um, okay. I think yeah. it was a, it was a pretty healthy, pretty healthy thing. Cool. Yeah, it was a, a big, it was a big dollar amount. Three hundred and sixty-three million, <laughs> or roughly yeah, a billion dollar kind of kind of hit for it. That kind of that kind of, that kind of, like it's hot. It is just brilliant. Like, um, uh, you know, it's when when it's like Instagram. Instagram sold for a billion dollars. Everyone's like, oh wow! And these days, for something like Instagram for a billion dollars is like a steal. Oh yeah. <laughs> It's amazing these companies. Oh yeah, like remember when YouTube when Google bought YouTube from the from its original creators? It was like it, it was. Now it's like oh that's that's just not uh that's like low end money. I mean, look at the Fox <laughs> purchase of look at the Disney purchase of Fox. I mean that was billions and billions of dollars. Yeah, look at the it was of, of Lucas. That true? Yeah. That was a big purchase. Disney dropping them money left and right, and it's just like just change for us, you know. <laughs> what's what's that mean? <laughs> yeah, just change for us. It's all ones and zeros on a computer, anyway. Yeah, I'm looking forward to hopefully doing something with GaryCon this year through Jasper's, because I reached out to Jasper's when they came back and asked if I wanted to do something with uh, GaryCon. So I'm hoping I can yeah. get something going for that. That's um, Fen- is it Fenway Jones that does yeah. Jasper's? Yeah. Yeah, I've, I I've just recently started following her on uh, on Twitter. I'm trying to, I'm, I'm I'm trying to like I do a lot on Facebook with with these lives now. I'm trying to keep up with um, doing you know stuff on on Twitter and Instagram um, because you, you've got to be across all the socials. You can't just put all your coins in one bag with with Facebook. You've got to be across all the socials. I mean, Ralph Smith dragged me into Discord and I. I did Discord a couple of times and went, no, I can't get this. I didn't do the old man sort of, it's not my thing. You youngins, I don't want to. Di- What's this Discording that you're doing? Yeah, you know, it dragged me into it. And now you're into it. You kind of understand how it works a bit more and it becomes second nature. So I've got to try and do a bit more with that. And I'm hoping that maybe I can, um, even if it's just some reposting for, uh, for um, Jasper's, I'd love to be involved with that too. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of interesting. I, I was curious about it, and with uh, the, the the personal the tragedy we uh, my social group had this year, it was like you know what I'm gonna jump in on this. I want to do something. You say you do something more as well, is and those kinds of things. So yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I was very sorry to hear about that too, mate. Yeah, it, it it's it, it sucks, but I mean, and I'm not gonna go through all the survivors' guilt on that. But I'm gonna take the fact that he was he was support he was a big gamer, he was supportive of me doing this even though he had his opinions on the methodologies, of the like the apps I use. But it still he was supportive, and I, I have some of the greatest stories of some of the wackiest crazy characters he ever came up with, 
And the reason he was so good at making characters is he was in a session and this is one of those things is like when people talk about bad DMs, it's not something to sit there and be like, you know what, I, each DM has their own style. But even I had to sit here and raise my eyebrow. Is the fact this DM had had confused CR rating with player level, thinking that, uh, and in doing so, he, my friend had to make six characters in a single session. <laughs> I mean, oh. literally. Okay. <laughs> so it's like. <laughs> I don't want to be that guy to sit there and criticize another person as their game style, but that's a little excessive. So he would always come up with these really wild characters. And one of our greatest stories is he played a gnome and they killed a bear and he decided to use the bear as a costume. So we'd always be like, bear former, <laughs> gnome in disguise, <laughs> all the shenanigans. Oh dear, oh dear. Yeah, it's... now now I've, now I've got the Optimus Prime's voice stuck in my head. And yeah. Roll out. <laughs> Can't do that joke without thinking, without having that 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 song in your head. That those yeah, voices. Exactly. You hear the, um, if if I say about the spinning logo, you'll have that sound bite in your head as well. Yep, I can picture it, and I'm sure everybody in the chat can picture it too if they remember. See, that's a, that's a, that's a cool thing too. Like uh, um, one of the one of the guys I played in um, uh, the Chris Lindsay game for I think I think it was Chris Lindsay's game for Game Holcon uh, was Ben who owns Sirenscape, and um, that that market for ambient and background and and music for for streaming and even just using at home is a huge thing now as well uh, you know I'm, I'm a baker by trade and i think i said that before you know senses trigger memories smell sight sound touch um taste um but uh you know i can say we say we we're talking about um age of empires before and the little clerics you know woo -loo -loo, say right you know i can start remembering what i did in a game um you know but as a bakery uh bakeries if you go past the bakery and their windows are not open they're doing something wrong because bakeries were typically back in the day open air uh houses or, or or locations because the thing you want is you want that smell of hot bread hot pies hot cakes whatever wafting out into the public because as soon as people smell it triggers and they're like oh, i've got to be back in a moment you know that sort of thing <laughs> So uh, it's it's brilliant that all these little sound bites from like transformers, you know, the ch -ch -ch -ch, you know that sort of thing, you know, all that, you know, it, it it nostalgia. Nostalgia is the trading card of gaming um, because you don't even need to be a great GM. And this is the thing. I, I style myself as the Southern Hemisphere's worst GM. You don't even have to be a good GM if you can propel nostalgia through gaming with little things here and there even if you're running your first game and you need to pinch pictures from the internet from you know hey i've got a stone golem and it looks a bit like optimus prime you know you you that little that little sort of uh, nostalgia will drive people to enjoy a bit more sort of thing and and you know sirenscape for for their sounds are brilliant i'm just loving how um 
you know, uh, uh, if the Realmsmith guys have a break halfway through and um, they just throw that background noise on, you know, um, the creaking boards of the ship for tides, you know, that, that um, uh, I mean, the, the haunted house with the, uh, that was a little unsettling, but <laughs> you knew what you were getting <laughs> to sort of thing. Um, Siren, just, yeah, Sirenscape is hands down probably one of the best resources for a game table anywhere that um sakura saying that something about just your party scoop i'm not quite sure what she meant by that it looks like oh, she's the, 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 the wacky and craziness of some of the characters all right yeah only your games i don't know i mean she's the she's the one in a community session I'll, I'll, I'll tell you i'll throw her out there because this is one of the things i love about dungeon mastering and loving about playing is players doing things that you completely don't expect Sakura here, her character, little goblin character. They're at the, they're in this they're at the sunken wreck, trying to find uh, some some stuff in the wreck for the for the narrative. There's a giant shark swimming about sixty feet away. She sits there and shoots the shark with her bow. She hits it. But it's a giant shark. We're talking 140 hit points. We're talking a single bite is 3d10 plus four. And she's a little goblin. <laughs> you can't make these things up. <laughs> and then uh, another one, I, I introduced a character uh, that I got through one of those done, uh, my minis in a box called the Dragon Shell Hermit Crab or Dragon Skull Hermit Crab. The premise is this is a hermit crab that feasted on like a dragon corpse or whatever and grew so large it could use a sunken ship as its new shell. And I introduced this into one of the community sessions. That's cool. And it came up behind her and she was just, because it was like when they see that, it was like trying to describe, it was like, okay, picture hermit crab, think about the eyes. And now think that those eyes are as tall as a medium-sized creature to give you a sense of scale and the fact that this is the back half of a caravel ship that gets up and starts walking towards you. I now now I've just got if you've ever seen the um the the, the kids film Moana now I've got um shining <laughs> Tamatoa yeah that's I yeah. thought that same thing too when it came to him. And that's uh, that's one of the guys from Flight of the Concords um uh what's his name um uh, Jermaine and he does a brilliant, brilliant Bowie. Brilliant Bowie. And he channeled Bowie for that song. If you watch Fly of the Concords, there's a little skit where he turns up as Bowie for Brett's like daydreaming or night, uh, you know, um, uh, nighttime dreams or whatever like that. Um, but he does Bowie very well. And so it was, um, it was very little surprise that uh, he, 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 belted out a Bowie-esque song uh, in the movie. Uh, most recent Bowie thing for me is, uh, you're familiar with Todd Kendrick, right? Yes. Over the over the summer over the summer last year when he was doing an episode of Beyond Heroes with TJ Storm and, and Megan Kendrick and, and um, Hope Laval and all them, his wife actually did his makeup and he did the whole stream as David Bowie from Labyrinth. It was the wildest thing I'd ever seen. And the Ooh, whole yeah. thing is this whole episode Do is what? these 
famous uh the, these adventurers in who are currently in Wildmouth get sucked into a portal and wind up in a mall in Indiana in the 1980s. <laughs> so the whole <laughs> 80s theme. Satanic panic. Pretty much. <laughs> Supposed to be kind of a riff off Stranger Things, but just seeing him in that in that labyrinth outfit that Bowie had for that. That's cool, yeah. Speaking you about are, the whole nostalgia yeah. thing and how that kind of nostalgia stuff kind of works out. Speaking of nostalgia, I've just noticed there's a Glenn Lockwood in the comments. Yes. And he said about Pool of Radiance Commodore 64, my first PC game for me. Bear with me. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. He's about to go back in time. We're going there. We're so going there. Uh-oh. What are we going to get? What are we going to see? We're going to get something cool, I guarantee it. <laughs> I got a box of goodies. It's oh not boy. A there it is. A little, a little over, a little closer to, a little closer to you. Oh, yep, there it is. Now it's in the I frame. Get it so there you go. It's not reflecting uh, off the screen. Wow. But now this, that is that's this, that's some cool stuff. There, there we go. So this is the aussie version because it was done by entertainment and computer programs uh, products rather out of queensland under license so this is the pretty sure this is the commodore 64 version yeah c c64 disc that's just awesome okay, it the, is the clamshell, the clamshell doesn't really work anymore i've had to put a rubber band around it but there's the adventurer's journal there you go, now it's in there. And there's the, the, the booklet. Pool of Radiance. Yeah. And then you've got the computer instructions. Oh, hang on. Computer instructions with where your joystick has to be for moving. And the original discs were literally just labeled by themselves with just uh, print, like literally, uh, almost like a uh, you know, just uh, type uh, like typed out on a word processor, printed on to removable stickers, and put onto the diskettes. <laughs> there you go. There, there, there's our nostalgia one. piece for the day. Yeah. I, I mean, can't really top when that ben one. Put that up there, I'm like, uh, I don't have anything at all. I have to dig that out. Um, <clears throat> There's AD&D, um, uh, one, which one's this again? Heroes of the Lance. This is the uh, the Spectrum game. So this is pre-Xbox, kids. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think he's talking to you, Mayflower. Welcome to our uh, time. I'm not knocking anyone under the age of 30. I'm just saying this is this is what we had back then, and we and and you know it was really cool. And to see what what we've got nowadays is is amazing. Um, here you go. Now the green screen's playing up because the turtles are green in that green, so just bear oh, with me. Oh yeah, them. is that the the classic turtles game that was like insane to try insane. and play? It was crazy to try and play it. I mean, people talk about Rage quitting the original Battletoads, oh, but that game will drive yeah. you nuts. Yeah, that was some Rage quit stuff right there. Uh, <laughs> right, yeah. I won't, I won't take it with a stream with too much nostalgia. I'll quickly, uh, quickly go through these. 
because there's one I'm digging towards. A bit of Space Quest, who remembers, uh, um, who, who remembers uh, Sierra? Space Quest 3. But the big thing for me now, coming back to how I got into gaming, that sort of thing, and keeping in mind that, uh, you know, Catherine Northern Territory is here and it's in the middle of, you know, it's 300k south of Darwin, so about 220, 230 miles. Um, and getting gaming products in was very hard. Lone Wolf was my first into gaming, and then through what Lone Wolf with a little bio on the back of the uh, or inside the page for Joe Diva said he played AD&D, Advanced Dungeons Dragons. I went, okay, cool. I'm gonna find out what this Advanced Dungeons Dragons. You know, as a kid, anything to do with knights and castles. Now I was cool because we didn't have that growing up there. So had some friends. Older brother was playing D&D. Uh, played a couple of games. Thoroughly loved it. I had a dwarven fighter. And then they moved into rifts and we still love that because it was something that wasn't where we were you know so did all that one of the things i found when i was getting older and convinced my mother and father that we needed a home computer uh was an amstrad um uh 15 12 mate had a six as uh, uh, it was two floppy drives now these are not the originals i do not know where they are but i i found these a, a few or well, a few years ago now um, I'll show you what my first ever. So this is not that game. This is the game in the sense of this was the game, not my copy, but Secrets of the Silver Blades um, by uh, SSI Strategic Simulation Inc. And I absolutely thrashed this game on our PC. Whenever I wasn't doing homework, I was on the computer playing this. I had five mil graph paper out and I would map everywhere. I would, I don't know where they are now. I would I would make journals of what I did. So I know when I came back to you, wouldn't have to spend the five, 10 minutes trying to work out what you're doing. I had a diary, one of the very few times I've ever used a diary. And I would, so you could literally read, get back into it and know what you're doing. But the gold, the gold box D&D, was Whoa. was brilliant stuff for me. I absolutely loved these as a kid. I managed to find these a little while ago. Um, there's Death Knights of Kryn. We've got Secret of the Silver Blade. We've got Champions of Kryn. We've got Dark Queen of Kryn. Um, Gateway to the Savage Frontier. Um, Eye of the Beholder. Did someone say Nostalgia Trip? Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Shadow Sorcerer. Lord, uh, I, that, that, that's, that's an impressive collection. I the Beholder too. So now, now here's the here's the here's the sixty thousand dollar question for you, Heath. Do you still have a computer that could run all of those? Uh, well, that's the beauty of emulators. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> that I'm works. Sure. <laughs> that works. That is touche. Touche. That's the line but, for the night. <laughs> <laughs> beauty of emulators so if people that know me on the net and, and like you guys and realm smith everyone knows i'm crazy now you're kind of seeing this is down the rabbit hole crazy um I, i'm very thankful for my wife understanding my passions um you know it's it's uh it's something that uh, my son is is both an outdoors and indoors kid which is good so outdoors he loves swimming loves riding his bike loves going on the scooter Indoors, he, he, like I've got a copy of HeroQuest from 89 sitting over there. He loves playing HeroQuest. Uh, so, um, nostalgia, coming back to that now, nostalgia thing um, is always uh, is always a lot of fun. Um, 
was it Mayflower was saying about um, Space Quest, they're not familiar. So this is Space Quest 3, this is the Pirates of Castellon. Um, Sierra, uh, which is, you know, uh, the company named, and uh, like, I'm pretty sure uh, uh, maybe that's after the Sierra Mountain Range, Nevada. Is that okay. My, is, my be. is my US geography? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Sierra's our last. Yeah. So Sierra created a lot of games like this. So they had Space Quest, they had Hero Quest, they had King's Quest, which was that medieval one. Um, Police Quest, if, uh, if you wanted to play, like a, a, you were a cop. Um, they did a few other ones. There was one that was a bit sort of, you know, maybe not so much PG rated that we can talk about here. But um, it was it was uh, great for uh, computer games. Uh, you know, we had we had we had uh, 64 bit graphics and we loved it. Um, but yeah, and and the, and the programmers didn't take themselves seriously because they'd even put themselves on the back here. We've seen these two guys. They, that's sort of caricatures. The, the garbage pail kids or, kind of characters. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's a whole box of crazy I opened up. Sorry. Um, no, you're good. You're good. Pretty good. This is wonderful we'll stuff. We'll blame Glenn. We'll blame Glenn with uh, for pool of um, pool of radiance. So, uh, Glenn, <laughs> I don't know if you've seen it, but this is this is the Aussie version. So, this ECP Entertainment and Computer Products Proprietary Limited Gold Gold Coast Queensland, produced under license. So this was before. The gold boxes came out because you can see you can see the, the you know that and white, it looks like the white border on that yeah i mean that's just the old games i've got a whole bunch of um uh tabletop stuff over there from white box uh you know chain mail ad and d basic all that sort of fun stuff as well but uh, <laughs> yeah i've gotten into collecting a lot of the older stuff so it, I can appreciate the passion. I can appreciate the rabbit hole that it falls into. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just crazy. But like it's I all said, good. Yeah. It's all good. But um, we actually uh, pro we ran a little over tonight, so I think we're probably this is probably a good stop point. Keith, yeah. it has been going. an absolute <laughs> joy to have you on the show tonight. Oh, it's been a wonderful night. Uh, yeah. Shout out everybody! Thank you in the chat for hanging out. I've got a surprise for you at the end. I did something new uh, playing with my video editor. I have a collection of highlight clips from last Saturday's cha uh, Shadow Watch. So you guys can check that out as we go into closing. If you enjoyed this, uh, please hit the like button, uh, hit the subscribe, hit the little bell notification so you know when we have more stuff coming out. This Saturday, 8 uh, 10 a.m. Eastern is Shadow Watch live D&D over at twitch.tv slash scuba studio. Uh, Sunday morning is Sunday with Scoob where I paint minis and hang out. Um, and of course, we're next Tuesday, we'll be back here for more. If you're enjoying this content and want to help uh, support the studio, please go over to patreon.com slash scuba studio. Join, join as a patron. You get exclusive early access to a lot of the stuff I'm working on. Like the video I'm about to put up here for everybody to watch. Again, thank you, Heath, for hang spending some time hanging out with us. Thank you for and, having uh, me. And look forward to having you come and hang out with us again in the future. Rye, thank you for uh, hanging out again, buddy. Uh, everybody, check this video out, and uh, we will see you on our next stream. Good night, everybody. Peace.